welcome to the Allegory Story Podcast. My name is Melanie Nevis. And I'm Tegan Lalene. And thank you for joining us today. Um, so we've been talking about a bunch of things that encompass the holiday. Um, uh, we've talked about winter solstice. We've talked about Saturnalia. Today we're going to be talking about Yule or Yuletide, or at least I'm going to hit upon hint upon it a little bit and then kind of go into something else that is related to that time of year, which is a roundabout way of introducing it. But I'm not going to say actually what it is yet. So, you know. Ooh, suspense. Suspense. Build the suspense. Cool. So um, you will also sometimes kind of confuse with winter solstice because and Saturnalia because they all kind of happen in and around the same time of year. Mm-hmm. We know that winter solstice marks the longest night and shortest day of the year um, in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, And it's one of the oldest celebrations in the world. What do you do to celebrate the solstice, Tegan? Do you do anything? Uh, Yeah, I do actually. Michael and I love to have a bonfire uh, if we're just here at the house. Yeah. Um, No matter what, solstice for us, there's always like there's five, pretty much our house, we have four different places where we can have fires. So we try to like yeah. light, them, light them all up unless it's really warm. Cause to be honest, we get quite temperate winters at that time of year. So sometimes it's still pretty warm <laughs> when that's happening. I do remember this. It was really warm when I was there last year. Yeah, it was. Um, so, but we still like to do stuff like that. I always like pretty much from end of October all the way through to Christmas basically I'll I will always have candles going in the house I set up um I set up an altar for like our our relatives that we've lost uh because I like to celebrate Mm -hmm. them leading up to the solstice um like Mm -hmm. through through Halloween and into solstice yeah we do lots of stuff like that I also used to love going um to the winter solstice festival in Toronto um in Kensington Market they used to do a lot of really cool stuff Yeah, I would love there's this really cool festival. I think it's in Scotland and they do a huge um, it's like full on like neo pagan awesomeness where they like they get right in with costumes and they do a hardcore like retelling of like the death and birth rights of of, like these all of these ancient stories. Um, And they do it on solstice at this like hilltop with like these like ancient stones every every year and it looks amazing i'd love to go to that sounds very outlander-esque <laughs> just as soon as you mentioned as soon as you mentioned like stones right that's just where my mind goes Think outlander meets burning man like legitimately like in scotland <laughs> in scotland that sounds so. great actually i'll try to find the link to this place and i'll show it to yeah you. really cool that sounds great it sounds awesome it looks amazing so <laughs> I think today when people say Yule, it's kind of become almost synonymous with Christmas and it's just like another word for it, but that really Mm. oversimplifies it. It Mm. specifically does have roots in a midwinter festival that is observed again by pre-Christian Germanic societies. And, and, and as you mentioned, these Germanic societies go into the Norse societies. Like a lot of things were considered pre-Germanic and old Norse itself is like a is a Germanic language. language. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think 
you know, as Christianity spread throughout Europe, Yule was one of the festivals that was then absorbed into it. So a lot of items or a lot of aspects of Saturnalia were absorbed into Mm -hmm. Christmas as we know it today. So were a lot of items from Yule. Um, So like the Yule log is something that you see a lot in Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, And that that's just like, you know, mistletoe and holly, the Yule tree, Again, yeah. candles. So like all of these things, like you see a lot of them in Saturnalia. You see a lot of them in Yule as well. It was a midwinter ce- celebration. Again, there was a similar thing with Saturnalia where there were role reversals and it was everyone was kind of free to celebrate. Uh, there was lots of animal slaughtering that would happen just again with that seasonality of solstice. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of... Uh, And a lot of the Yule traditions kind of got absorbed, but we don't talk about it as much because Saturnalia became the mainstay for Romans. Right. And then then that's kind of what you hear of more. It's just that with the Germanic language and like the Norse language, they still refer to things as Yule because their language kind of kept that going and and adapted to that, right? Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't realize there was like such a strong correlation between the two actually. Yeah, yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, I also fill my house up with all the, the holly. We fill, I fill it up. I try, I go out and I try to forage as much, respectfully forage as much like holly and mistletoe and things like that because mm-hmm. it all grows pretty abundantly around here, um, which yeah. is all really depicted of like depictant is that even a word of yule and to double yeah. down on all of this and you know how kind of the lines just blur i've never fully experienced a yule log until i moved to france but it's not a log mm-hmm. you put in the fire it's actually like a dessert here called the the, bouche, the bouche noel and mm-hmm. it's amazing it's so it's like probably my favorite cake yeah but that's a really big that's a really big tradition here at bouche noel and there's specific patisseries people will like line up out the door for Mm -hmm. for that so and so i think that what happened is like christmas became much more religious i mean it's obviously less religious now for a lot of people it's much more much more commercialized and it's just like a feel for things but i think that things like yule and saturnalia were very cultural whereas Christmas became very religious, but they still took from these traditions, right? So um, evergreens that we see represent everlasting life. They were traditionally during Yule hung around doorways and windows. They were representative Mm -hmm. of the wheel of life, Mm -hmm. right? Or they'd be laid horizontally and then decorated with candles. And eventually this becomes your Christian advent wreath. Mm. and mistletoe and holly was revered by druids and mistletoe is a is a healing and protective plant mm-hmm. um, but should never touch the earth and has magical properties that are believed to be connected to the fact that it resides between heaven and earth and holly is another evergreen it's another mm-hmm. protective evergreen and the true. spiky bristles are believed to repel negative energies mm. so with you put that together with the mistletoe and the white berries and, and red berries of holiday of holly. And then there's this representation of the rebirth of the sun during this time of year. Mm-hmm. The Yule tree or like the Christmas tree, like lots of people deck their house again with evergreen trees 
and then they would put firs and uh, pines together. And these things symbolize rebirth, light, and life. So like coming out of the darkness into the light. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, guys. It's basically everything you actually liked about Christmas, aside from presents. Pretty much. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I used to love my old church used to fill it. They used to put like in my old Catholic church, they used to put tons of evergreen trees. And I used to love the fact that they would put trees inside the church. You know what I mean? But why do you think pagans put trees inside their home? Don't know. Don't know. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so that the wood spirits could be kept warm in the cold winter months. Get out of here. And then it was also commonplace to hang food and treats on the branches, so your ornaments, right? That's where they kind of come from, for the spirits to eat. Oh, man. Michael's never going to let me get a fake tree after I tell him this story. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's going to be way more into the Christmas tree now, though. <laughs> so that's exciting. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Yule, you know, we, we've been talking about it could be seen as, you know, you're celebrating the longest night and everything like that. But Yule is about specifically, it's the positive side where you're celebrating the return of the light. You're celebrating mm. to the return of the sun. So that is why it's so traditional to light candles during this midwinter festival, during Yule. Mm. Um, and the red, green, and gold of the, the gold of the returning sun are Yule colors. So Christmas colors are Yule colors. Oh, wow. Ta-da. Fantastic. It all kind of yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love it. Okay. So wait. Yeah. So, okay. Tell me how this connects to what we're talking about today. Well, we're talking about specifically, we're going to be talking about the Yule lads. So really it's just because Yule encompasses this time of year, this midwinter festival. Now, have you ever heard of the Yule lads? Like again, my frame of reference. You know what I'm about to say. I know you, Sabrina, know the teenager. Yeah, witch. like this is my frame, <laughs> like my frame of reference for Yule lads is Sabrina, the teenage witch, followed up by this encyclopedia of witchcraft that I have. It also has reference to Yule lads. But I am mm-hmm. now, I am now convinced after we've been doing this podcast, I'm convinced that the producers or the writers of that show just bought <laughs> this book that I have, and they like index referenced it you know what I mean potentially they I will say that they put a very positive spin on um oh frig really yeah yeah they put a really positive spin on Gryla so the Yule lads specifically are Icelandic they're part of Icelandic tradition so a little bit different and I wanted to talk about them because you know We've been talking about like these things that these these events during the time of year, but they all have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be interesting to kind of break down a specific lore or story yeah. that exists instead. So have you ever been to Iceland? I don't think I ever asked you. I haven't been. It's definitely um, a huge, huge bucket list mm-hmm. place for me and Michael, but it's also been, we've never been able to find one of you know they had those flights where if you fly between Europe and North America you could stop there we've never been able to find one of those actually so yeah and we're dumb because for a good couple of years Michael's old roommate for like five years she lived there and we didn't go oh that was dumb (laughs) sorry (laughs) 
I do. <laughs> uh, because it's really like for for me, what what kind of stops me is like it's it's expensive once you get there. Like the flights themselves are actually not terrible, but it's expensive once you get there. So it's one mm-hmm. of those places where I feel like in order to do it justice, you kind of want to save up enough money yeah. so that you can fully enjoy yourself. Yeah, if we're gonna go there, I don't want to just stay in the capital. I want to like explore, and there's a lot. Yeah, that goes you want to rent a, a vehicle and truck around there. And really, I think, I think there are certain places in the world where you go in that case and you explore it and you understand where this folklore of elves and hidden people and fairies come from. Like you really begin to understand it with that connection to the land. And I feel like Iceland is one of those. I totally get what you're saying. This is exactly what I felt like when I was in Scotland. Because Scotland's another one of those spots, right? Exactly. And the minute we were in the, well, you know, actually, I've been very connected to fairies since I was like little, like before I got into any esoteric stuff, it started with fairies and not the cutesy kinds that are dressed in flowers that like most Mm -hmm. people, I was always from the The trickster ones. From the gate, from the out of the gate, I was like always like the first book I read. It was it was it took place in Ireland. It, it was very much closer to the lore, the true lore than mm-hmm. the kind of like Americanized lore. And pretty much ever since then, like anybody who follows me on my healing account, Ravi Vey Holistic on Instagram, knows that I talk a lot about my fairy oracle deck because I've actually had them since I was 13 years old. I've had the same deck and I've been using the same deck since I was 13. Nice. And they like literally have conversations with me sometimes. <laughs> that might sound crazy, but it's true. Uh, so I love fairies. And when I went to Scotland, I was like, I know this. I fucking know this energy like, <laughs> in my bones, you know? <laughs> so I know exactly what you're yeah. saying about Iceland. Yes. Yeah. I think that it's one of those places. And well, I'll kind of go into people in Iceland today and like whether or not they still believe in this stuff mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh Let's go into the Yule Lads because mm-hmm. they're connected to two other figures as well. Okay. So this is just during the time of year that these boys come out. And today they will sometimes be called, you know, the 13 Father Christmases because oh. they're like merry, mischievous fellows that take turn visiting kids. Okay. The 13 nights leading up to Christmas. So again, oh, like okay. this this Yule area is this midwinter area so 13 nights leading up to christmas is when the yule lads come out to play and on each of these nights the children take one of their shoes and put them on the windowsill windowsill and for good boys and girls the yule lad will leave candy and if not uh they fill a shoe with any guesses coal no worse i think it's worse rotting potatoes oh i was gonna say poop (laughs) no rotting potatoes which smell (laughs) awful like if you ever have a rotting potato it smells disgusting yeah it's not good really really not good so this is like the modern rendition of what the yule lads are so oh boy um kind of like snow white's seven dwarves each of them has their own distinct personality okay oh interesting that's so interesting and their names 
remained very much a point of interpretation and debate until recently because they have their distinct personalities and their personalities have kind of stuck throughout times and they haven't really changed much. But it was like there's been a little bit of there, there are different tales and, and stories in which their names are different, but a popular poem about the Yule Lads by someone named Johannes Urkotlum, which first appeared in 1932, kind of made their, their names and numbers much better known. And mm-hmm. the names of the 13 Yule Lads that most Icelanders know today are all derived from that poem. And oh, I'll go into those names in a little bit. So okay. these lads are cool. siblings. They are the sons of Gryla and someone named Lepaludi. And Gryla is described sometimes as like a witchy sorceress, but most often is described as a giantess or a troll. And she's got a bit of an appetite for mischievous children. I was going to say for what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) For mischievous children. So in Sabrina... You know, Gryla tries to adopt lost children because her children were, I forget, were they killed in, in Sabrina or something like that? Yeah, something I don't remember like the that. premise exactly. So she's always on the hunt for like or orphan unwanted children. Unwanted children, yeah. Unwanted children or, to look after them. Quote unquote okay. unwanted. Not my word. Gryla in actual Icelandic mythology and folklore is... A, a troll-like creature who likes to eat mischievous children. Yeah. So yeah. They put, doesn't they put look a, after them. They put a nicer spin on it, right? <laughs> yeah. They put a much nicer spin on it. Um, her husband, Lepaludi, is depicted as being lazy, lazy and kind of stays at home in their cave. And the family also owns Yula Koturin, the Yule cat. Now, Ooh, I will preface this by, yeah, the Yule cat. Which I'll go into that too. Um, I don't speak Icelandic, not even close. So where possible, I'll say the names of these things. But where possible, I'm just going to go with the translated names. So I'm not even going to attempt the Icelandic versions of the Yule Lads because I just can't. Okay. I just, it's a a wild language that I... It seems like it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, today the image of of the Yulads have been really largely sanitized. So rather than being depicted as these trolls that are defined by their extreme deformities, which is what they traditionally were, they now wear traditional red and white clothes and fluffy beards and they smile real big. Mm. And rather than pulling pranks, they just leave presents and shoes that children place on their windowsills. And it kind of like, you know, we have stockings over the fireplace. That's their equivalent mm-hmm. of a stocking. Okay, yeah. And, you know, they've become much nicer than they were traditionally. Mm-hmm. They become much more friendly throughout the years. But their mother, Gryla, is still, even today, a frightening troll and one of the most evil figures in Icelandic folklore. And horror wow. stories are still told about her to children over the festive season. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, my God. So, are you going to well, tell us? Yeah, I'll go in. I'll go into Gryla first because I think it's important to kind of have a background for who these lads have as their mother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so depictions of Gryla vary across time. She's often depicted as this monstrous, monstrous female being with hooves. In some stories, she looks like a sheep who walks like a human. In others, she's clearly a troll. 
But this Hooven character is kind of like Krampus in a way. Mm, interesting. And just like in the physical manifestation of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, she's been also described as having 300 heads or a beard or blue eyes on the back of her head. And one description portrays her as having 15 tails together with bearing 100 balloons filled with children. Oh, boy. So, like, busy girl. <laughs> she's busy. She's. Yeah, in in the or- <laughs> no, I don't think so. In the origins of drama in Scandinavia, folklorist professor and author Terry Gunnell wrote that uh, Gryla was clearly recognized as an ugly troll figure in Iceland as least as far back as the 14th century. But tales of Gryla are found in historic sagas and poems throughout the region as far back as the 13th century. And one reads, "Here comes Gryla down the fields with 15 tales on her." While another describes, down comes Gryla from the outer fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a sword in her hand, coming to carve out stomachs of children who cry for meat during Lent. Yikes. Oh, yeah. so like if they didn't follow Lent, she'd be she'd be like, if you want to eat meat, I'm going to eat you. It's basically <laughs> she, she had her ear out at all times, like all throughout the year. Wow, this is a to, really to dark find- way to just stop your kids from complaining, eh? Yeah, to find out who was behaving and who wasn't. Oh, my goodness. So, it and it was only in about 1300, like before this, that she wasn't really directly associated with Christmas. She Hmm. was associated with the threat that lives in the mountains. And you'd never know exactly where she was. So, she wasn't actually associated with Christmas until much later. Oh, that's so interesting. So it's she's associated with basically if you're going into the mountains, you need to be careful. Yeah, if, um. yeah. She was this threat in the mountains. Hmm. So and, she was like a threat changed. of like a wild animal, almost. It sounds like kind of like you know what I mean. Kind of, yeah, kind of. So that's she was so just like this creature that lived in the mountains, and then and then. Mm-hmm. Only recently did she become kind of more associated with Christmas. Hmm. She used to be more of a standalone figure. Throughout the year, and this is what I mean, throughout the year, she collects whispers about children misbehaving on the island. So she always has her ear to the ground and is always listening in to find out. And then when winter sets in, that's when she goes out to gather them. Because Hmm. that's when the nights are longest and trolls turn to stone in the sun. Oh, is that... The trolls turning to stone in the sun, is that an Icelandic thing? I don't know a lot about trolls. Yeah, yeah. They turn to stone in the sunlight. And I don't know if that's specifically Icelandic, but it is something that I've heard of trolls like growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So she has this insatiable appetite for misbehaving children. And each year, of course, she can't. There's like no shortage of kids who misbehave because, you know. Because they're, they're kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> So well, she collects them let's up and punish yeah. them for not being depressed yet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She collects them up in a sack and then cooks them in a pot and turns them into a giant stew that sustains her until the next winter. Hmm. She sounds like a bear almost. <laughs> <laughs> not in the eating yes. humans part because bears don't actually really do that. But the idea of like eating something that sustains you over like yeah. through the winter. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Gryla is terrible enough if she were to work by herself. But 
Very sadly oh. for Icelandic children, she doesn't because she has the Yule cat that I talked about oh, earlier. Oh, no. What is the Yule and cat? Now I'm scared. I thought it was going to be cute. No, I don't No, the Yule cat's terrifying uh, and also has an appetite for human flesh, but it doesn't just really seek out those who have missed Well, that tracks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because cats are sadistic little fuckers, right? We so both have cat... one. We both know. <laughs> yeah. This cat, who is enormous, it like towers above the tallest of houses, like giant, giant cat. It will happily prey on any child who did not get new clothes to wear for Christmas. <gasps> wow. Now I love this story because I'm like, I want, I always want new clothes. So I could say, <laughs> mom, dad, the cat's gonna eat my flesh yeah. if you don't get me a new outfit. <laughs> And, and I'll go into why I think this is a little bit later. Okay. Now, a quick note to say that Gryla's latest husband, because she's had three, her oh. latest husband is probably the least threatening member of the family and exerts absolutely no influence over her e- evil tendencies. Well, and that he's real. described as being lazy. Yeah. This may also be... <laughs> This, this may be out of fear for what happened to Gryla's previous partners, who she apparently ate. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. So wait, so. who did the you lads belong to? Like her last the Gryla's. The Gryla. Oh, that I don't know. That oh, I don't okay. know. Okay. Because at one point Gryla was a standalone and then they kind of became morphed together. Interesting. And she okay. takes care of the Yule lads in her home now. Okay, okay, I'm listening. Tell me more. So the traditions surrounding Gryla, I think, say a lot about Icelandic folklore, but also what Icelandic people had to withstand to survive in the winter. Mm. The fact that she's this child eater who who seeks children out over the festive season sends a similar message to kids as Santa giving them coal, but, like, with a lot less finesse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and that, and that's saying something really <laughs> yeah. yeah and the message is like loud and clear be on your best behavior during christmas right and mm-hmm. i think that the brutal delivery of this message is probably due to the fact that winters in iceland were incredibly dangerous mm-hmm. and so many disobedient children who would go out at dark wouldn't necessarily come home like if right. it was dark and snowy and there was a storm out and they went out, they may not come home. Yeah. Um, so there's, and there was also just a lot of work that needed to be done before the darkest months set in, before that cold set in. So extra diligence was required by all family members. And this is where the Yule cat kind of going after children who didn't get clothes as a gift came into play because the whole point is everyone needed to finish their weaving, their knitting, their sewing to prepare for you didn't want to be doing those things in the dead of winter you wanted to have those things done in preparation for winter mm-hmm. so this story yeah. about the cat going around and like eating kids who didn't get new clothes and new clothes could even just be like a new pair of socks right mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's probably where it comes into play yeah but Gryla is such a terrifying image to children that in the 18th century the parliament says with like a huge smile on her face by the (laughs) way I think it's so funny I I think it's hilarious cracking up about this right now (laughs) 
I think it's hilarious that the government actually got involved for the, with this. In the 18th okay. century, the Parliament of Iceland outlawed the use of her legend as a scare tactic. Oh, wow. They just oh, that's outright so were progressive. Like, no. Yeah. They're like, children were no longer threatened with being devoured and were instead given rotten potatoes in their shoes if they misbehaved. So in 1746, parents in Iceland were officially banned from tormenting their kids with these stories. Which I'm I sorry. Think I kind of love. I kind of love that. I'm so glad Me that too. you stepped in and were like, "Stop traumatizing your children just to get them to behave." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is scary. Oh, that's cool, it is scary. Man. Wow. Yeah, Iceland. You're such a cool country. Yes, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now, in modern culture, when the season arrives, the 13-year-old lads descend from the mountains to ascend celebra- attend celebrations throughout the country. They play with children. They entertain revelers. They make They Iceland were like, we Christmas. have to find a way to make this, like, a bit yeah. comfier. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They're much more of a delight. They're much more family-friendly. Still a bit but, mischievous, but nothing, like... But nothing even. terrible. <laughs> so... Originally, like, they did not inherit the cannibalism from their mother. That's good. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to put that. They did not do that. That's not what they're known for. Um, But they were really creepy and odd and had kind of revolting behavior. Mm. And before industrialization, people in Iceland would have largely believed in trolls regardless of age. So many adults would have been cautious that these tales were true even yeah. today about 54 percent of iceland's population believes in elves and hidden people and supernatural entities i'm right there with you. um yeah <laughs> and though each of the yule lads had their own quirks they all shared features of trolls so they were these like enormous filthy kind of unintelligent creatures that were both mm. humanoid and bestial in equal measure and they only really came out at night again. Otherwise, they get turned to stone. So I'm going to go through a list of these lads. And I'm going to say they're – I'm not going to say they're Icelandic names, right? Um, I don't know how to pronounce them. I'm going to give you the English translations. Some are pretty self-explanatory. Some not so much. Okay. I'm going to give them to you in the order that they descend from their home. So they descend like right. the days leading up to Christmas. And they come out one by one, basically. Okay. And you're going to try and tell me what you think they are. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so the first okay. one comes out like he comes out on the 12th of December, basically, mm-hmm. is Sheep Coat Claude. Sheep Coat <laughs> Claude. What am I supposed to tell you about this name? Exactly? What, what, what do you think just by the name? Like, what do you think this person? Like, what does he do? What does he do? I have no idea. Oh, I was just about to say, okay. I have an imagination. I can get creative, but I really don't. You got to give me the first one and maybe I'll get the idea. Okay. So his thing was basically to harass the sheep of any household that he came across. Oh, um, oh sheep coat claw. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Icelanders <laughs> would usually keep their sheep underground in the winter months or like like in their homes. Mm-hmm. So when the sounds of these like this tormented bleeding would echo up in the house, it was this sign that sheep coat Claude had found them. And oh. like the sound was common in winter months because there would be storms that would regularly harass the flock. But sheep were the lifeblood of every farmstead. Yeah. So 
when you hear them kind of freaking out and panicking, you're worried that your lifeblood is going to be eaten by something or like something is harassing them or something. So sheep coat Claude comes kind of into effect with this. And despite being this fearsome troll, um, you'll find that all of the Yule lads have some sort of debilitating disfigurement in some way. So okay. uh, with with sheep coat, he's got some stiff peg legs, which impaired his ability to move. So even though you hear him rile your animals up, like the best thing to do is just wait it out because he'll move on to your neighbor soon enough and he can't actually move quickly enough to do anything. And his whole thing is just to terrorize as many homes as possible by sunrise. So like he'll, he'll move on. Okay. He has a hard time moving around. Okay. 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 Next lad. But he'll move on. (laughs) Yeah. But he'll move on. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) The next oh, one is Lord. Gully Gawk. Oh, he man, that's even 13. harder than the first one. Um, gully, Gully. Gully Gawk. Gawk. I, I, I know gull, like gullet as a throat, and gawk as in like staring. So I don't know. Okay, a, a gully. Yeah, a gully is like a small valley or a trench uh, that like might fern originally, gully. originally be... Pardon? Like fern gully. Yeah, okay. like... Like a gully, something that's worn in earth because of running water after a rain. Yeah, okay. You know, like, okay. so there's that divot. Yeah. So gully gawk waits in the gullies by a house waiting for everyone to fall asleep so oh. he can break into the cow shed and steal milk. Oh. And this is a big deal because they need the milk. milk is a key ingredient. Yeah, it's a key ingredient that's used to enjoy a lot of sauces over the festive season, but also Icelandic yogurt skier mm, is you really have yogurt. Yeah, it's really beloved and it's very traditional, so you need mm. yogurt to or you need milk to make yogurt. You don't need yogurt to make milk, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and okay. Like wealthier Icelanders owned cows, like only the wealthy did, but a lot of poor people historically would live on the farmsteads of the rich. So traditionally, you know, this means that everyone is affected by the trolls' antics. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Like everyone would be affected by this. Mm -hmm. Number three on day 14, Stubby. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stubby. Okay, I'm going to assume he's got... I'm from Hamilton. I'm going to assume he's got some missing fingers, some missing toes. Maybe he cuts off your fingers. Maybe he cuts off your toes or okay. limbs. Something okay. to do with something, creating something. stubs. Ah! <laughs> um, he's short and he steals Gosh. food from frying pans. Am I way <laughs> off base? Stubby <laughs> is a horrible thing to call a short troll. Yeah. It's probably just the yeah. height of us. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. None of these names are very nice, okay? But and he steals food from frying pans, did you say? Yeah. So, like, historically, this is not a very – nick- like, Okay. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a really terrible crime, but historically, pots and pans are really valuable in Iceland because there are no iron reserves in the country mm-hmm. and that it never had a mining yes. industry of its own. Right. So – these goods had to be imported. They were really expensive. And for poor families, they were the only possessions that they'd have that'd be worth anything. So stealing food and like stealing frying pans and stuff, that was a really big deal. 
So he would steal food. Okay, wait, 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 wait. He would steal food or frying pans, not food out of frying pans. I thought you no, said feel- food. Yeah, he'd steal food from frying pans, but sometimes would also take the frying pan with him. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this wow. this next one should be really obvious. Spoon oh, licker. Oh, well, I guess he licks spoons that he shouldn't lick. Yeah. Like, like when you're making cookies or something, you shouldn't lick the spoon until you're done, you know? Yeah. So that- spoon licker is basically, he's just... Uh, hoping to get a tiny morsel to eat and this behavior was apparently a result of his his like he was very grotesquely thin and malnutrition was uncommon for trolls but apparently he suffered from it so you know trolls are generally overweight muscular beasts and he was like very very tiny so he Mm -hmm. would like go into drawers and just like lick a bunch of spoons especially if they had food on them he was trying to like get a morsel of food to eat um I don't really know what the lesson is. Maybe it's just that kids need to like do their dishes and clean their cutlery. I don't know. But that's what spoon liquor does. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, a, that's kind of a sad one. Yeah. And he's day 15 or 16? No. He's 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. He was 15. So now we're on 16. Pot scraper. Okay. So he scrapes pots for kind of similar thing. Scrapes pots for similar like the thing. Less- Leftover food? He, yeah, he steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. Oh, so well, he's welcome. Just put the pot back after, but you go forth, friend. <laughs> my dishwasher's not working. Was... My water got shut off. <laughs> 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 yeah, so he, like he'll clean out pots of sauce and, and chunks of roast meat. And oh, I know him. I think I'm married to that one. <laughs> Oh, I know. I've seen McLick <laughs> plates at restaurants. <laughs> oh my god, I'm still calling him pot liquor. <laughs> I respect that though. I respect yeah. the fact that everybody he does that. everybody does. I've never met somebody who doesn't find it incredibly endearing and it's, it's really funny. It's so endearing. It's great. He really likes the food, you know? He really likes the food. It's a good sign. If if Mick's licking a bowl of food that I made, I'm like, hey, this is not so bad. It means no, it's yeah. actually good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. I think that this was because, you know, in and we've kind of touched about it before, but in the winter, you don't want to risk it to go outside and hunt or like to go outside and fish in the middle of winter. So you have to be careful and make sure that you are eating all of the food that you actually do make. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, true. You don't want to waste. No, you don't want to waste food. I think this is really to encourage children to finish their meals. Otherwise, you know, any leftovers will bring pot scraper to your door. I'm just laughing so hard because while we were talking about that, Michael absolutely just popped his like head in through the door here <laughs> and was like, it's almost like he was beckoned. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> and he had this look on his face like, hello. Hello. What did they do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Day 17. Yes. Bowl liquor. Oh, wow. There's a lot of... Okay, so there's a spoon liquor, there's a pot liquor, there's a bowl... Okay, so he's more like the bowl liquor, though, not a yeah. pot. I mean, he does both. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. He's at home. <laughs> okay, so... Nolly Gawk is stealing milk. 
milk. Stubby is like munching on crusts and pans. Pot scrapers scoffing down leftovers. Skinny spoon liquor is like doing exactly that. And on the hunt for an easy meal is bowl liquor. But his method is creepier than the rest. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Take it back. So <laughs> each night he would lay beneath a child's bed. waiting for them to finish their nighttime soup or pudding because it was like probably um it wasn't really like a midnight snack it was probably just a little something that they'd have before bed to like get them warm and when they finish bull slicker apparently like comes out and snatches up their little bowl and and (laughs) gobbles down whatever's left in there These these guys don't sound so bad. Like they don't sound great. The first one's the most extreme, but they don't sound great. But they don't sound bad. They're they're a little creepy though. Like they're a little creepy. He's he's heard himself <laughs> being beckoned multiple times in this. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, and I think again, you know. Probably to get children to go to sleep when they're asked and to, like, not get out of bed for a midtime snack is where bowl liquor came from. I don't know. Then Door Slammer, though. Door Slammer is oh, day 18. I feel like I know that one from Sabrina. It just goes around smashing all the doors and, like, startling people. That would scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, there's that no rhyme or reason for this. All the time. I think – yeah. Well, I think that's exactly it. When it gets windy – or like, yeah, when the wind picks up, you have shutters slamming and things are like rickety. And um, I think that this is basically what would happen. And in order to explain it, they kind of came up with door slammer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like winter storms. That makes sense. That's exactly the why they happen in gobbler. my house. Yeah. Skier, skier, like skiing? Skier. No, like skier is the name of the Icelandic yogurt. The skier oh. gobbler. Oh, so this guy, okay, I feel like I'm getting the hang of this now. They've gotten easier. This guy's coming yeah. into your house and trying to eat up all that sweet, sweet yogurts. Pretty much. What a dick. What a dick. <laughs> a family Sausage swiper. Oh, man. My goodness. This is making me so hungry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I, sounds like he takes, he swipes sausages. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he hides in the rafters. That's me. And, and and like as soon as he's left to his own devices, we'll steal them away while they're being smoked. Okay, day 21 is a little creepier. Window peeper. Ew, no. So he what, he just creeps around and like watches through the windows? Yeah, he like creeps outside and sometimes steals the stuff that he sees on the inside. Um, oh, wow. Now Remember, Oops. like, I- Iceland has really dark winters. There's only about four hours of sunlight a day around right. Christmas. Right. So I think, oh, I again, imagine. this is just something else that was used to scare children from going outside in the dark winters. Mm, and, yeah. and like, also a reminder that the child eating Gryla has eyes across the country looking out for miscreants, right? So it's oh, kind of right. like an informant. Oh, yeah. An informant for her. Oh my god! Yeah, so you better yeah, behave. That, that one's probably the the scariest one, really. Yeah, we've I got three left. Day okay. twenty-two, doorway sniffer. Why? Why? Why would you sniff a doorway? What does a doorway even smell like? So he's got a really big nose, and he has this insatiable <laughs> oh appetite for baked goods. 
especially Icelandic this Icelandic delicacy like leaf bread which mm. is only made during Christmas time now there's there's an idea that this particular like came, this particular lad came into being because the wind would like whistle through drafty turf houses and mm-hmm. so the whistling was like the sound of him sniffing <laughs> for these treats <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I get that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he likes, he likes baked goods. Meat hook. Day oh. 23. Steals the meat off the hooks. Yeah. yeah. Well, he would actually, he had a long hook yeah. and he would use that to steal anything that would be like slapped onto a counter and he would just steal himself the centerpiece of a family meal. So I feel hook. like half of the, more than half of this is about guarding your food. Yeah. <laughs> And the last one, only emerges on Christmas Eve, is Candle Beggar. He wants candles? Yeah. So um, he would basically follow children because children are really easy targets and they'd be going up to bed with their candles. And, you know, with only four hours of daylight, candles are going to be incredibly important to just like live your day-to-day life. But also there's traditions of like gathering together and reading or telling stories by a fire and things like that Mm. um so stealing candles is a really really big deal and he would use them to just like munch on the tallow that the candles was made from Mm. to get as much tallow as possible but yeah he would basically go after children they're the easiest target so he'd follow Mm. them to their bedrooms or reading nooks and then rob it straight from their hands oh boy so how could you okay so wait I'm I'm pretty sure you're probably going to get into this, but how could you stop the Yule Lads from messing with your shit? Is there a way? Or are they I mean, just, are you just subject to this stuff leading up to Christmas? You're kind of subject or, to sorry, it for Yule. the most part. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know on that, on the show, on Sabrina, that's why they had the Yule log going was to like stop people. And I'm just wondering if that applies because that's when they come in. Yeah, I, I never really show, I saw know. that. They they basically just like prank and steal from all of the population pretty oh, much. Oh, so you just have to And uh, it's like if you believe and it. if you're on your best behavior, then it's a little better. Like you have to be on your best behavior. This is all about instilling fear in children to be on their best behavior, right? Oh, so okay. if you if you don't believe and you like go out at night when you probably shouldn't, then you're probably going to encounter a Yule lad and he'll target you a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But like they they just like go from house to house, and their point is to harass as many households as possible. Okay. There's not like. There's not a whole lot that you can do other than make sure you don't have food out and make sure you, like, don't leave a mess. Make sure that you actually clean up after yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's the biggest thing. So, yeah, lots of food-related crime. They're much more family-friendly friendly now. They actually, like, give candy and give gifts rather than steal. Um, Candle Beggar is the last you'll add now to give presents to Icelandic children. And usually whoever's dressed as a, as candle beggar would like give a candle, mm-hmm. which makes sense. He's stolen so many. Um, oh, so and then dr- once it's over. Oh, so people will actually dress up like them and kind of mess with their kids? Um, Not like they're, 
nowadays they're celebrated, right? So like I said earlier, they wear red and white. They've gotten bushy beards over time. They never really used to have bushy beards. Yeah. So there are celebrations where the Yule lads kind of come out and, and they make the entire atmosphere much more jovial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And which is why they're sometimes referred to as like the 13 father Christmases now, even though they're not at all like that. Well, it sounds like all of our favorite Christmas cheery moments come from originally pretty dark origins. So, I mean, theirs are not the worst. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like there were, once once all of this is over, then it's they return to the mountains that they call home in northern mm-hmm. Iceland. Um, so yeah, they return home to Gryla, but she didn't get connected to Christmas until much later. And the Yule Lads and the Yule Cat, which had been standalone Christmas characters, only became part of her creepy family in relatively recent centuries. Um, Prior to that, Grilo was really a personification of winter and darkness and snow mm. getting closer and taking over the land again. And mm. she represented the threat of winter. She was also seen as actually controlling the landscape. And Icelandic people understood themselves to be more like tenants of a harsh environment. And, you know, Iceland is filled with glaciers and volcanoes. And it's a very earthquakes. harsh environment. And you yeah. can't, I can't, I, you know, we were just like kind of like, uh, when we were ta- recording the solstice episode, we were talking about the days getting shorter. And I know for us back home, it's like it start they start to get like the sun starts to set at four o'clock and it feels incredibly yeah. early. And I can't imagine living at a, in a time like in a part where there's only four hours of sunlight or even there's days where there is no sunlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 intense. It's, it's intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that, like, you know, they'd view these mythical creatures like Gryla as the ones that were really running the show because they mm. were just like inhabitants of this land. They were like tenants right. of that this makes harsh sense. environment. That makes sense considering yeah. everything is happening. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, and, you know, all of these Yule lads and the things that they're after, it really is to try and make sure your kids don't go out at night when the weather is really harsh and brutal. It's dark. There might be storms. It's trying to make sure that you eat all of your food and you don't waste any because you can't afford to waste any. Mm-hmm. It's about having to actually clean up after yourself and just actually learn how to, you know, do your chores and things like that. Yeah. Um, Practical and understanding the value. Yeah. 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 It's just a really... <laughs> dark way of, of instilling these lessons I mean, but we that's know essentially senses of humor have changed over time yeah it's true it but it is like it was a way to protect them you protect them by scaring the fucking bejesus out of them i think you know what i think it's present in a lot of cultures throughout the mm-hmm. like throughout our world um using story to instill moral like moral things is very yeah. like, common and scaring kids because because i also think that in a way that kids do have a mindset where if you just try to like mm, say things to them in a logical way this is debatable of course yeah. and i no, it's true don't touch the oven it's hot okay let me touch it 
Like we've all done exactly. I I tend to speak to all of my friends' children's like adults, and they tend to receive that fine. But I mean, yeah, I did that exact thing as a child. My mom said, "Don't touch the stove; it's hot," and it's like the first thing I did. So, like, I think we all did. (laughs) I think that's kind of part of uh, growing and learning things. But there are some things when you're a child, and when you're in the like those way back periods of time where you said like they felt like they were just kind of like living and and the entities were like running the show there's things maybe you Mm -hmm. just don't want to mess with so maybe putting a more like superstitious like scary twist on it is like the necessary evil in order to get them to you know like not disappear (laughs) yeah I get it I get it yeah Yeah. that's wild that's wild yeah so Mm -hmm. in the 20th century the Yule Lads became sanctified Mm -hmm. I guess I want to say and (laughs) in more recent years Iceland as a whole led by the National Museum of Iceland have kind of worked to return the Yule Lads to their pre-Santa roots so they're trying to get them dressing in 17th and 18th century ragged clothing bringing back more the brown and black wools and like local colors rather rather than this like red and white yeah and trying to de-beard their white beard because the trolls originally didn't really have those yeah um but children are still truly terrified of Gryla in Iceland and I think it's it's really interesting and cool because it's a living folklore like 54 percent of the population still believes in this um and you know There was an eight-year-long debate between the government, environmentalists, and elf believers from 2007 to 2015 when there was construction. Huh? I think I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. When when there was construction of a new highway which threatened to destroy a 50-ton elf church. Oh, my God. 50-ton elf church? Eight-year – yeah, an eight-year-long debate. And a a 50-ton elf church is like a giant stone. Um. Naturally, the elves won. And the I was going to say, you can't up- mess with that. <laughs> no, no, no. They uprooted the stone to appease them. They didn't just like blast through it or whatever. And okay. the threat of displeasing the elves is so real mm. today that even non-believers would rather play it safe than risk incurring their wrath, right? So, yeah, good. You know, good. it's cool that run with that. It's cool <laughs> that it's a living folklore. Yeah, and I was reading really an cool. I, I was reading a Vice article actually in the Icelandic person being interviewed. We know that this became illegal in the 1700s for parents to use Gryla to scare their children, but he said that he does it anyways. And I think that a lot of parents probably do there. And one time, apparently, he called his home and played a prank on his family by pretending to be a Yule lad. And when his daughter answered the phone, he told her that his mother, Gryla, was angry at her for being disobedient. And he said that she hid beneath her bed in the bedroom and that she was very good and obedient after that. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It worked. I know you're talking about this being a living and and I know okay this is so Hollywoodized and sensationalized so I apologize but the whole time you've been talking about this I just keep thinking about the Eurovision movie (laughs) me too no 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 it's fine because I I actually love like I knew about this before that 
But I love mm. that they featured that in the movie. And Rachel McAdams, who's Canadian, by the way, is the one that's going to bring them, like, bring these, um, I think it's elves, little yeah. drinks. Yeah. And she's, she's bringing them ink, drinks and breads and stuff. And then, like, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, towards the end, they, like, <laughs> literally, like, off a guy. <laughs> yeah, they, they throw the knife in his throat. And, and like, then you just see the, the door slam. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. (laughs) But so funny. But I felt like they did a really good job of kind of representing that energy in that, even though it's an American movie and then it's a comedy and like it's not even about that. But I thought that was really good. I yeah I know because I thought about I was doing all this research and I kept going back to that as well. <laughs> oh really? Because <laughs> this yeah. whole time, this whole time you were talking about, I kept thinking about it, and I was just like, I don't know if I should say that or not. But I just yeah, absolutely. If you didn't, I was going to. Oh okay. Totally <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. I love it. I like I like that, and I think I I don't know. I think it sounds kind of fun, but like I said, I know a lot of people and I'm sure like you probably met people too that are very very take this stuff very very seriously they take the mm-hmm. elf uh the elf and fairy folklore like really seriously I see it in 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 Scottish and Irish people too it's like like mm-hmm. we're laughing about it but they'd be like you don't want to fuck around you know what I mean no you don't you don't mess with the hidden <laughs> people right and, and, and there's we, just like we do not want to no <laughs> no no they're they're they exist in a parallel world that's invisible to our human eye normally, but they can kind of traverse the two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love it. I yeah. love the energy. Yeah. I love their, their sneak. I love the mischievous energy. Anytime <laughs> something really funny and dumb happens to me, like, okay, for example, I've been talking about this on my, on my Instagram a lot the last couple of weeks, um, through Halloween actually. Um, we're in that period we were in that period where like the veil was like thinning you know that concept Mm -hmm. of the veil thinning and weird things were happening to me like left right and center and sideways including this one day where I'm like walking through my closet being like I need to find this specific jacket because you know I had to take pictures of it and I was like looking for the jacket I pull out all the other clothes I put I hang them up on the on the hanger and I'm just like I can't find this jacket and I'm freaking out and I'm going through the laundry hampers and I'm like I haven't worn it in months like it shouldn't be dirty and I'm like I walk into my bedroom and no shit it's like hanging on the hanger (laughs) creepy like we're like, did I do that and forget about it? Or so when things like that happen to me, I'm for sure. I always think it's the fairies a hundred percent. I, yeah, I think my work is haunted sometimes, but I am a believer to the umph degree. I lost a cell phone for two years and it came back. Like I, like I lost my cell phone when I, this is when I lived at 294. Um, okay. So Mel and I have mutual friends from when I lived in this house and uh, I had a phone and I lost it and I, I tore my room apart looking for it, including I used to have these storage boxes on top of my um, like the place where I put on my clothes and I had storage mm-hmm. boxes that had like sweaters and stuff in it. And I literally went through those boxes four times, four times looking <laughs> for them, never found the phone. Two years later, 
I just happened to pick up one of those boxes to pull out a scarf. The phone's there. Yeah, weird stuff happens. So either one of my roommates punked me, which is quite also quite possible, or, or the fairies punked me, or there was a vortex in my scarf box, which I'm inclined <laughs> to believe there was a, a vortex in my scarf box. Okay, vortex. But you know, That's like hilarious. weird stuff like that happens all the time. And I'm just like, wait, did I feel like I just got paused? You know what I mean? And then somebody came and like <laughs> the thing, you know? I mean, your one of your roommates might have done it. Who the heck knows? I um, <laughs> nothing point, would surprise me. <laughs> nothing. I mean, in that house, no. In that house, nothing <laughs> would surprise me, including the fairy vortex. <laughs> I I once I was baking cookies and Kale had his wallet and he has a magnetic wallet and I like put the cookie tray down and then I just put it away after because after I cleaned no. it and honestly we searched high and low and he got a bunch of new cards and I didn't make cookies again for months and months like ha- over half a year went by and I pulled it out and I was like oh I found your old wallet so you know it could also be like a situation like that sometimes even if his wallet was magnetic and it's just you know like a magnet just attached to another magnet that's still fairy fuckery <laughs> that is still a hundred percent fairy fuckery like absolutely <laughs> don't fuck with the fae yeah anyways, so anyways on that all note. That to say, we, we <laughs> believe and we will be very aware of yule lads this this holiday season as it rolls around yeah those mischievous yule lads and i feel like they're just hungry at this point i'm just gonna leave i'm just gonna leave the dishes out you know what I mean but if you You leave food out that also like it's like mess and you're attracting these things that are like no you must clean up after yourself oh so I get interested it's confusing Mm, okay maybe I'll just leave some food outside how about that that works (laughs) we can eat it or the feral cats that live around the corner from my house can eat it whoever gets there first yeah you'll (laughs) never know which one's got to it first I'm like this close from putting cameras all around my house just to see what's going on at nighttime because there's I hear like you know like it's cold now but it's still like relatively warm and Michael's really hot so we still sleep with the window open at this yeah. point and and you just the stuff that you hear outside <laughs> at night here is just yeah. like it's countryside last, you hear a lot of wild last stuff. night I heard an owl like literally freaking out I don't know why she was upset but she was not happy but oh. also you hear random like have you ever heard a fox scream oh yeah they, they sound, sound wild and, yeah. and in certain times of the year here you just hear them at night like crazy <laughs> you know by my house you hear the packs of coyotes more so in the summer when the windows are open because they like howl together and like cackle once they've made a kill oh, which boy. they do very often where you guys live in toronto yeah because we live right by the train. Out there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We hear dogs howling too, but they're just they're just hunting dogs. Yeah, no. They're just they hunting dogs. I've come face with a coyote like just a couple of feet away, oh. um, right by my house before. They're very pretty. So wild. Yeah. That's so wild. I've never seen a coyote in the, all of the time I lived in because we used to have them outside of Hamilton too, but I've never seen one actually. Anyways, we digress. Yule lads. <laughs> So that was your little crash course on the Yule Lads and Gryla. And yeah. 
I think um, that wraps it up for today. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.